Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hello Paul. Just got busted scrolling on my phone. Just Oops. got busted and uh, there we go. So I'm not just the only rookie in the room at the moment. Hello, how are you? Well, I actually know how you are. Yeah. Busted. Yeah, I'm busted. busted. Yeah. I don't know how you're uh, standing up and not crying. Yeah. Because uh, the pain you're in. But having said that, let's talk food. We digress. I know, it'll distract you. Yeah. So how are you going apart from the obvious okay. pain level? Okay. And like the scene is like you've got no topic today. Because just because so everyone knows, we always go, what are we going to talk about? But as we're setting up. As we're setting and up. And I think it's pretty obvious to most people that we don't well, plan no, ahead. No, not sometimes. I mean, you come in most prepared times. most times. Um, and the topics generally your department but nonetheless i've got one um which is good and i don't know how much time we can spend talking about it but it was just uh something that happened this morning so i went to the market this morning so i've got a few uh functions or events or whatever you want to call them next week that i need to just get ahead for um so i've got some beef drying out a few other bits and pieces but i wanted to talk about the difference and it's not to poo-poo one or the other, but the difference between shopping in a fresh food market versus a supermarket, especially when you want something specific. So I remember when I was growing up back in the day, butcher at a supermarket, there was a butcher, there was a proper butcher. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing, you know, whole yeah. four quarters of beef get dragged in on the you know rail system they had above the ground, you know, I remember that. And I, one of my first ever jobs was actually working in a butcher's department in a big supermarket chain. Didn't last long, but it was the most disgusting job of all time because I was the cleaning boy. But... Oh. Yeah, and especially when you get on public transport after you've done your shift. <laughs> Covered in blood and gore. Not the best. People are looking at you. Yeah. Who is this young man? Yeah, and I was a pretty dodgy character back then anyway, so what that didn't help. What do you mean, what do you mean was, but anyway? Um, but no, so the, the things that you can get, so I tend to gravitate towards, like I've got my favourite butcher there, I've got my fishmonger, I've got my poultry guy, I've got my fruit and veg people. Game. Game people like so mm-hmm. there's you know you gravitate towards them because you're often buying the same sort of stuff and we know that most home cooks generally you know rotate across a few different things but if you want to try something different something specific um, the good thing is to be able to talk to actually a butcher that has different parts so I wanted a marrow bone from a Okay. Now, marrow bones are, how long would you say that is? That's 18 inches. Okay. 20 inches. 18 inches. And that's with the knuckles on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I was, there's a very specific part of the marrow bone that I wanted. So, I wanted the center part of the marrow bone, and I actually wanted it split in half lengthwise, right? Now, if I go to the supermarket, yes, they have marrow bones, and they're generally for dogs, and they're vacuum sealed, and you can't do it, unless you've got a bandsaw at home. You can't do anything about it. Now, one of my butchers I know doesn't keep marrow bones. And it's the butcher that I generally go to, but I've got my secondary butcher that I actually get my pork from because my other guy's pork isn't as good. So I went over to him and I know he has bones all the time. So I went over to him and I said, this is what I want. And it's literally no problem. And it takes two seconds and I've got 
exactly what I wanted. And everyone, like anyone that's listened to this podcast before, knows I'm a big advocate of the market or markets and fresh food markets. But it's one. That's one of the reasons why. It's because you can get stuff that you just can't get elsewhere. Like, yes, you can talk about the price and the freshness and all the rest of it, and that's fine. But often at times you can get things that you just can't get anywhere else because big supermarket chains generally aren't bringing in four quarters of cows or whole pigs or whatever. No, in fact, you've seen them unpacking. And yeah, and even fish to that. And everything's already yeah. organised for you because that's what we, you know, most people want. Yeah, and, and even see fish. Convenient, yeah. grab it, go. Even fish, you rarely, rarely do you see whole fish no, at, right. a, at a yeah. big chain supermarket. And, you know, there's a lot of goodness in the bones. You, you've mm. got a whole other dish, you know, you've got a base for a soup or a fishy swell. We were talking yeah, about soup the other exactly. day. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, your fishmonger will, without hesitation, fillet the fish for you, take the bones out, put the bones in a bag, add the fillets, and you're away. You know, but I just, it's, I just think sometimes if you're after very specific things, and I'm creating a very specific thing here, like I want marrow bone, and I want to put it directly on top of charcoal, so the marrow cooks, and then I'm going to put braised oxtail on top of that. Like, that's exactly what I want. And I was able to, the only way I could do it was by going to either a fresh food market or a butcher that I know breaks down whole carcasses. Okay. Well, I do, you're right. I can remember very clearly as a kid going shopping with my uh, dad was the cook and doing that sort of stuff, getting, you know, specifically a whole range of different, you know, uh, cuts like that and talking to the butcher. And we didn't really buy meat back in those days. Now, that was 200 years ago, yeah. but we didn't really buy meat from the supermarket. They were really for other things. Mm. But and I, I uh, even remember all the um, offal cuts being available in yeah. the supermarket. It was well. a whole like, range of things. You, know, you could get, I, I tripe. think, tripe. My you mother, could get tripe, yeah. Yeah, my mother would get tripe yeah. every now and again. Because my dad was really old. Like, he was, he's older, he was older than dirt. Like, he was old when <laughs> I was young like really, really old. So he was into all that old stuff, but tripe, lamb's yeah, fry. Yeah, lamb's fry. You don't see those anymore. You don't see those anymore. But brains. But if you want the brains, yeah, if yeah. you want that stuff. And you like, and I have a, a mutual uh, person that loves her uh, crumb brains, crumbed... Uh, oh, Melva. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only one. Yeah. Oh, no, I like No, brains. but... Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, then. Um, I've never seen you cook them, but Melva, um, I know... As a kid, she grew up saying, well, you should go up on a farm mm. in central Victoria. And she said you had to eat everything from nose animal. to tail because yeah. there wasn't a lot of choice. You, yeah. Food was expensive and you had to value what you got. So you learned to be creative when you're cooking for a family and you had to really make use of everything. Yeah. And I mean, just to, like even for basic stuff for me, like I like, you know, I mean, you often will smell when I'm making stocks and things like that. Like, the convenience that I have is we're right across the road mm. from the market, and that's great. But I know I get a better end source and a little bit more viscosity when I throw a pig's trotter into the stock. Being able to just go and get a pig's trotter. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, yeah. Now, you can do a lot with a pig's trotter, right? There's a yeah. million things you can do with it. But just being able to do that, um, like, I, it's awesome. It's extraordinary to go to a proper butcher or a fishmonger or whatever. And, and that's the thing that 
don't just buy what's in the display cabinet. If there's a particular I, thing that you're cooking or a recipe that you're following or whatever it is, I even asked the fishmonger this morning, I said, I don't know what made me think of it, but I haven't cooked skate in years and I love skate. Do you, do you, no. Okay, so skate is essentially the wing part of like a, a stingray or a ray. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, it's quite delicious. It's a little bit... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Can be, if it's not cooked properly, you get a bit of that jelly sort of oh, texture okay. to it. Yeah. But to delicious and very rarely used and i actually said to the fishmonger today i said do you ever get skate and he's like oh, just tell me when you want it we'll grab some for you you know so don't if there's something specific that you're after quite often these are the people to be asking because they will either say yes no oh we saw it at the market we can get it you know even the fishmonger said to me is that seasonal and i'm like i don't know like you're the dude you you know well i've got two questions for you because mm. this is something that you and i have actually never talked about but first of all, tell me what you uh, are going to do with the marrow and the oxtail. Is this for you personally? Oh, uh, no, it's for a training session okay. for outdoor cooking. Oh, okay. So this is what you, one of the things you're doing next week. Yeah. So you're displaying that. Okay. So it's a dish where I'm... Showcasing a, a roasting, appliance. Yeah. yeah, and I'm roasting the bones directly on top of charcoal. Mm-hmm. So part of the appliance has the ability to use charcoal and gas at the same time. And it's just, the benefit is, is that I'm presenting to people in North America. Um, so it's all done by video and all the rest of it. They get no choice about what I cook. So I cook what I want because then I get to eat it. So, <laughs> and marrow is like that in, a, in of itself, like braised oxtail with some, like I, don't, I remember still as a kid, sucking the marrow out of lamb chops, mm, you know. Yeah. Like it is delicious. So why not get a whole big hunk of it? Like, it's not very good for you, right? But when it's roasted and you get a bit of, like, super rich braised oxtail mm. with some marrow yeah. and you spread that on a bit of toast, oh, yeah, that's that's close to my heaven. That's the business. Yeah. Well, this is my, uh, my real main question then. You've grown up with this and you're probably just on the borderline age of when people were cooking like this cooking i can remember what? like with all the different yeah, yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm old enough because i'm that much older than you to remember growing up with this yeah i wonder when so many kids have grown up now in their 20s 30s they're having families of their own mm. and we're surrounded by them at the moment lovingly yeah. um how many when so so few of them would have grown up eating that, yeah. would have no idea what you're talking about. Well, yeah, quite possibly. They, I mean, would, I they wouldn't even know to ask, what, a, what is bone marrow? How would I eat what? Yeah. And one of the, one of the uh, kids I love, Brendan, he is an avid meat lover barbecuer. Yeah. He loves it. He's got this great barbecue outside and he's got uh, a meat probe. He loves it, loves it, loves it. And yet... I don't think he would have ever had that in his entire life. Pro- probably not. And I mean, any I other secondary like, cuts yeah. and I, even of not, like that. Not even the, not the other bits even around. Not, even not the secondary cuts or the offal or anything like that. Even I distinctly remember, and it was more a financial thing for my parents because we weren't well-to-do, but we were given often, and I only found out in my teenage years, 
I think. Or maybe I might have been 12 or something, but... Close. Yeah. Um, we were given special chicken. And special it was a, chicken? It was actually rabbit. Okay. Because it was super cheap, affordable. Yep. There was, like, you know, three kids, two adults, yep. family of five. And, you know, like I said, my parents weren't well-to-do. Yeah. And rabbit was cheap, accessible. When was the last time you saw a rabbit? Hardly ever. Like, like hardly and ever. Things and like pressed tongue. My dad yeah. was had that special... Pickled tongue is... My like, dad had one of those uh, presses. Yeah. And it was just a plasticky thing he got from yeah. somewhere. But you put all them and you'd have little discs and you could make burgers out of it or you could yeah. do pressed tongue. And he loved tongue in jelly, aspic jelly. Yeah, that's a bit beyond me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a bit beyond me as a kid. I could have easily gone vegetarian growing up because my dad also loved... Uh, I know a lot of people love black pudding, but when you're a kid mm. and you're getting it for breakfast, it's like, yeah, much. really just want some Vegemite toast, Dad. Yeah. Um, but my dad grew up with all that and he loved it. Yeah. But I'm not sure that most people under the age of probably your age yeah. uh, would really... 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm good at maths and it's... Yeah. No, no. But um, I'm, you know... I just well, think, I mean, we, how would they, how done, would they know? Yeah. How would people know, I don't know. I mean, these we've days done a about lot of, that? We haven't done a lot, but we've done a few. I mean, it's interesting to see the, the rise in, like, secondary cup cooking, like, you know, the offset Texas mm. smoker, you know, yeah, brisket. And the slow like, cooking. Brisket and ribs and yeah, all the rest of that. But yeah. they're still, like, they're still expensive cuts, right? When I look at something like that, it's really good to see people using what is a secondary cut and getting some great results out of it and that's great but I still go back to and probably one of the most unpopular recipes that I've ever done on cooking with steam is the pig's head terrine I was going to say the pig's head terrine no one's going to cook that I reckon because people don't know but it is one of the most delicious things the pig's cheek was really tender fantastic pig's jowl like and you see these um, these cuts and these items being used on cooking shows and you're kind of like, well, that's, you know, they're just being a chef or whatever. They're being a bit ridiculous. But I don't think you do it. you can't get it. I don't think you do. I don't remember the last time I saw a chef actually talking about this sort of food. Oh, no, it still, it still happens. No, it does. It still happens. Very rarely. The problem is, is that the, it's not talked about as often as probably what it should be is because it readily available, it isn't there anymore. So well, not in supermarkets not in because supermarkets. they can't stock that. Yeah. But we're there under pressure for everything to have storage, space, access, yeah. you know, sales, turnover. But butchers, as you said, we've, we've had this conversation. We know the joys of getting to know your local butcher. Yeah. But I wonder, what would you do? How do you then... But I mean, even, a, even from a, like, the perspective of... If we take the pig's head as like an extreme example, right, of... Something that most people would never ever consider cooking. If you actually just like, you don't have to make a piece head terrine, right? That's a whole lot of work. But if you actually cooked a piece head, picked all the meat off of it, and threw that through a pasta, it like it will be the best pasta you'll ever eat in your entire life. And you just and do you know what piece heads go? And they're big, right? Yeah, and they're. Do you know how much a piece head is? Really, really cheap. How much? No, I've got. Guess. They're really big. Five bucks. Exactly. Five dollars. Yeah. 
through a pig's head. And you get a lot of meat off there. And a lot. Like, yes, there's fat and there's skin and there's eyeballs and snouts and yeah, but ears and whatever. But if you actually look at what you get compared to... You could, you'd save money because you could do your own pig's ears for your dogs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Compared to what you get from, from a kilo of beef mince. Yeah. Which is a lot more expensive. It's like a kilo of beef mince is du- at least double that price. Easy. And... Just from, yeah, I just... But even something like, you just mentioned that, and I've just been churning back through my memory. I'm sure my dad used to make a lot of things with the um, marrow. Yeah. There was a lot of, it would be added to something, it would be baked. Oh, there's lots of flavour in it. Yeah, and and you'd use it for other purposes as well. And yet I'm struggling to think of the exact use, but I know it was part of my dad's sort of trope, yeah. you know, that he'd, uh, particularly in winter when he was making a lot of uh, bigger meals. I mean, I think a lot of uh, different cultures use parts of the animal better than, yeah. let's say, what do I call us, the Anglo sort of anglicised sort of side of things. Like, you know, I'm not one to go in for chicken feed, right? I've never understood that as a thing, but it's big in the Asian culture yeah. and that's fine, but at least they're using them. Like, yeah. But you can't get them, like, anywhere but a fresh food market. Yeah, that's true. So you, like, very rarely, even a, even a sort of local street butcher, chickens now come all wrapped in plastic, like a whole chicken. Yeah. And there's no neck, and there's no, you Yeah, know. no, all those bits I remember inside. back in the day, yeah. the first ever time I saw a duck, it still had its beak. You know what I mean? Mm. Like... And I'm not saying that you're going to eat the beak, but, like, one of the first things I ever tried as an apprentice was um, using the neck, the skin around the neck, to make a sausage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I filled that with... I can't even remember. It's that long ago. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just striking to me the amount of different cuts and parts and bits and pieces that you can get from... Just even wandering around and, you know, asking, talk to the butcher. Like, I just asked him and he's like, yeah, no problem, I'll do that for you. You know, and then I said, oh, I've got, I organised it with him last week. Finding really good quality butcher's twine is quite hard. I don't know why. And it, I, I, always, I saw that with you. I always I get a few lengths off him. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, you, you know, whatever, there's a couple of lengths. Um, but I often trust, you know, you saw it yeah, last week, yeah, right? exactly. I often trust. In fact, after you stuff. did that, I saw some in a supermarket and I grabbed some yeah. because I knew we'd run out and I knew I keep forgetting and I can... Just take so. some of this because it's far, far better. Okay. Um, and then I said to him, is there any chance that you can just get me a whole reel of it? He's like, yeah, no problem. Now, not everyone's going to need a whole reel of butcher's twine, but if you've got a recipe and you're looking at... You know, I think in one of the recipes we did would show people how to truss a chicken. Yep. You know, really good technique to learn. And the beef and whatever. Like, you know, you, you can't buy that from the butcher at the supermarket. No. And if you do, you're going to get like some sort of I think cotton I th- that melts and in the oven and doesn't hold up to no. the heat. It's just... But it's you're right, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not saying one's better than the other, no. but one has a different role. Totally different role. Totally different yeah. role. And uh, I can't remember the last time I reckon Doug would have gone into a butcher when he was buying dinner. Yeah. 
but he does know the brands of, um, you know, like the type of chicken or whatever he buys from the Coles and Woolies that he shops at here locally. Yeah. But, yeah. If, but if there's something specific you're after, ask. Like, it's amazing what you'll get. I, I went to my fruit and veg guy. I've been going to, like, since we started the website, right? And I said to him, I need some lemon verbena. Now, this is a... He's got to be in his 70s, I reckon. Old, he's other, I think he's Italian. Older Italian guy. He's at the market every day. Like, he's an absolute machine. Both his sons work there. Like, he runs that joint. And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I said, can you go to the market and can you just get... So they're straight on their phone to the, one of the guys at the wholesale market... Is there any chance you can get some? Well, yeah, no problem. Come pick it up tomorrow. So the funny thing was, was that I went and picked it up. He's like, oh, I know what that is. And I'm like, yeah, it's lemon verbena. He goes, I've got a tree of that at home. <laughs> and then and you the didn't next, know what it was. No, the next, and so they uh, use it for digestion. Oh, okay. And I was using oh, okay. it for something totally different. Um, and the next day he bought in like a, a shopping bag full. He's like, there you go. No problem. Help yourself. But if you don't ask, like sometimes some of these yeah. ingredients that you think are unobtainable, they are. They are. You just need to plan ahead, don't yeah. you? Well, yeah. to a degree. A little, yeah, a little bit. You've got yeah. to give them a chance. Yeah. But you know, I and mean, you can't ask for stuff that's. Not I must say, season. I'm interested in exploring how we maybe. Because I, I know I, I picked up um, uh, an old cookbook in a uh, bookshop the other day. Uh, in a, uh, yeah, down in Brunswick. Doug loves going into second-hand bookstores and remainder bookstores and stuff. And um, there was an older copy of a book, and I picked it up sort of nostalgically. And I thought, yeah, I probably, you know, had a look and I put it down. I wasn't really looking too hard. But that's a sort of recipe, that's a sort of cookbook that would have had different, t- you know, like, you know, how to cook different things. Yeah. How to, how to cook braids, how to crumb sweetbreads. Yeah. How to do all... Yeah, try it well. When was the yeah. last time you saw sweetbreads? Never seen them. Ever. Very rarely. Yeah. Sometimes at the market, but very rarely. Very rarely. But they're, they're things that, again, yeah. our friend Melva would uh, still love when she sees. And when was the last time you went to a restaurant and you saw a steak and kidney pie or a we used to have lamb fry and bacon? Yeah. There was a, the other one that we used to have when I was a kid was... Um, oh. I want to say it was deviled livers, deviled kidneys. Deviled kidneys, deviled yeah, kidneys I remember that. Deviled kidneys on yeah. toast. We used to have yeah. deviled kidneys on toast. And I remember sitting there, cold, wet, rainy Saturday when the footy was on on a Saturday. Very uh, very archetypical sort of Melbourne, yeah. you know, Victorian sort of WA, South Australia type thing to yeah. do. Yeah, the footy was on. Yeah. Mum and make devil kidneys. I never knew how she did it, actually. Devil kidneys on, like, crappy white bread toast. Mm-hmm. Oh, delicious. Yeah. Absolutely, like, divine. And my mum wasn't a bad cook. She wasn't the greatest cook in the world. But we, you'd never see that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. It's funny, isn't it? Isn't that funny? We might yeah. have to do some of these recipes, I think. It's I think we might like, have to explore it, Paul. And yeah. speaking of speaking of cookbooks, because I think there's an opportunity here for us to explore some of this and for, you know, yeah, we'll have a, have a think about this. 
in our planning meetings. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we laugh the, as though they exist. Uh, at, the, at the pub. Um, speaking of the book, can I give you a book update? Oh, yeah, please. Well, you're not giving me one. Give the listeners one because well, I'm sure they're waiting with bated breath, Linda. Well, it's just been this long, drawn-out process, as we know, but I have been speaking to the printers and the... Uh, we are just about ready to confirm that there's another just review so we can finalise the... Um, content. The content, make sure that this final review is okay. Yeah. And then the print date can be set and delivery can be set. So very excited about that. It's still available online. Yeah, but it's... um. But this one's got all the Fahrenheit conversions. Yeah, it's got steam, steam percentages. We've added, we've added some sort we've, of... We've fixed up the recipes that were bung. Yeah. Added yeah. some more information about general steam oven knowledge yeah, at the and very terminology. Back. Yeah, at the very back. Sort of stuff. So we're very excited about this. It's just been, nothing happens. Well, it's hard when you're doing it by yourself and you've got no idea what you're doing. Yeah. That's how we've done, that's how we've done cooking with steam. Yeah. We never claimed to be good at this, did we? I don't know, we might have said that. No, I think we've only said that we've sort of, you know, Kick things off a little bit, but, but we never I don't even, I, yeah, but to be book just, publishers, uh, like seriously. To be book publishers is, is quite... Uh, or videographers or photographers or... And yet somehow here we are all these years later we have, but yeah. um, but no, I'm very excited about that. So, and uh, book two, we are, you and I have been working on the content for that, so that's... You and eyes are stretch. Well, I have been on my little bits and yeah. you have been on your bits. Yeah. Not collectively, we no. don't need to do it collectively. But hopefully, now that we have, now that you have some better understanding of the process, once we've selected the recipes and the images and stuff like that, we'll be yeah, able well, to. They're largely, yeah, they're largely there. Yeah, we'll be able to sort of put that together. Now we know the process. That was interesting. Interesting. But anyway, another story. But I'm really interested to explore the. Are we, uh, are we happy with the title? Book two. We did put it out there, but we didn't get any response for anyone. So um, I have called in in our setup of book two. I have called it remystified. Yeah. So does it? If anyone's got any commentary around that, we'll be interested to hear. So you'll be able to buy probably at some stage. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But you'll be able to buy the both books. You'll have demystified and remystified. So it sounds like we're making something easy and then making it hard because we're mystifying them again, but I don't know. Anyway, I like it. We're rolling with it. But now the question comes, what do you call book three? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't just, know. Uh, just mystified. Or just... <laughs> <laughs> just mystified. There you go. Still mystified. Still mystified. There you go. Still mystified. You're not helping us. Yeah. And thanks, because yeah. we couldn't get a better title. Yeah. Well, we never said we're writers, did we? No, we, we have never yeah. said that, I must say. We have never yeah. said that. Well, thank you for anyway, that. I've got, I've got my thinking cap on now. Go to the market. Yes. Get and, some and liver, some heads, some Well, at least uh, legs. have a think about Or ask your butcher if you've... And look through if you've got any old cookbooks at hand or yeah. talk to people that you know. This is a great conversation to have with some of the um, older people in your life. But it's funny, I isn't love it? talking yeah, about some of those Some of those things, they make comebacks, right? So last Christmas was a particularly noticeable one because everyone was doing it, especially in Australia. I don't know about overseas, but trifles were big. <laughs> yeah, but that's a similar thing, right? It's old school. No, who would have thought? I mean, yeah. It's, uh, that's old school. It is old school. And 
I mean, now they're all fancy and, you know... They're very, very different to the ones beautifully you beautifully presented with. and all the rest of it. Well, the one but, you put together was pretty damn good. Yeah, I know, but the, the point is, is that, yeah, some but of now, these older yeah. things, they're really, really good and they're cheap. And they're looking... People are looking for inspiration, I guess, too, because mm. there's only 4,328,000 cooking shows on... Yeah, there's only 95 million chicken recipes, right? And so they've all been out there. Yeah. They're everywhere. So they're looking for something new. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I don't... don't, uh, We didn't achieve anything, but no, I just thought it was interesting. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing. Have a good weekend. You have a good weekend. Take care of your back. Yes, you are. Take care. Happy cooking, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe, and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.